0: Hello and welcome to Kicking Tires. My name is Jimmy. And I'm Justin. And today we got some sad news. Um, earlier today, Sabine Schmitz. Um, if you don't know who she is, she is the Nürburgring Queen. She passed away earlier today at the age of 51 after losing a battle of cancer. So unfortunately, some sad news to start off the day. But we do have a lot of sports events to talk about. So let's dive into it.
1: The first one is the Stinger. <laughs> this car, I mean, the Stinger, when this came out, that was game changer for Kia. You know, everyone got all the young people excited, and then it kind of fell off a bit after maybe year two. But now we've got a refresh.
0: Yeah, so we have a brand new refresh. Well, not brand, new, just a refresh for 2022. Um, one of the first things you're gonna notice is the brand new Kia emblem on the front here. So you don't get that older, like round Kia emblem that um, they used to have. But we get this one here. I think it looks cool. I think it looks nice. Uh, But the biggest news for it is, at least in the US, not here in Canada, you get a two and a half liter turbocharged four-cylinder as the base motor. It makes 300 horsepower and I think the same amount of torque. I can't recall. But its uh, base is going to be rear-wheel drive. Four-wheel drive is optional. um, And you still have the 3.5 liter, no, 3.3 liter twin turbo six Mm. as an option. But that has a little bit more horsepower now, 368. So up three from last year. But what's weird is in Canada, we don't see the same updates. So we don't see the four-cylinder. The 4 isn't an option here for Canada. We only get the V6. So our base price is a little bit higher at 50495
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the market here is smaller. And for kind of a niche vehicle like this, they can't really have as big of a product range. So if they are in fact shrinking the lineup a little bit here in Canada, I can totally see why, especially with rear wheel drive. It's not really. Yeah. A, in Canada, seller. it's only all wheel drive and it's only going to be the V6.
0: Don't even get the yeah. uh, rear drive as an option. Mm-hmm. Um, you may think that in Canada, it's uh, priced higher than before. Cause right now it's 50,495 compared to last year, it's 45,000, but they dropped the base model. There's no GT anymore. You can only get GT Limited and above. So it's the exact same price, no difference there. And for some reason, all the press materials in Canada looks like they don't get the updated headlamps, and there's no like actual pictures of the back end. I'm sure we get the same like updates as the US gets, but, but there's no pictures. But the uh, US site you do have full pictures of that back and i love the new rear end <laughs> it's a bit more conventional i guess with the taillight yeah full width i mean i'm like, i'm a sucker for full width taillights as i said before and the exhaust is a, is a new exhaust system now um it's are huge there's a variable tips are huge <laughs> <laughs> they are huge we don't know if they're actual real or not we'll have to get matt watson and his Car stick of truth to see exactly if those are real or not, but it's still in a very attractive package, I think.
1: Show the uh picture of the rear wing on some of these models. I'm not sure which trim that is. Um, I think it looks <laughs> it's it's a little bit boy racer, it's not even that big of a wing, but it's like a, a shopping cart handle kind of. Where uh... did you see that photo? It's the gray one uh, gallery, I guess so.
0: gallery. Oh, I didn't miss, completely missed that. Let's yeah, see if I can I find it... it. There's a deck lit yeah. spoiler. Huh? Oh, exhaust is fake.
1: Huh? Yeah. Yeah, they've they're really funky uh, wheel designs on this. Oh, this go. one. Yeah. Wow i it looks a little bit out of place for me in this car uh i'm not sure who's still buying the stinger uh you know it wasn't that big of a you know volume leader (laughs) there was no real segment for this car but um i don't know if people are still excited about it or excited enough to build or buy new ones and for Kia to keep making this car, I think the Genesis, on the other hand, it has a, a broader appeal than the Stinger. Well, the G70 is the exact same as a Stinger,
0: um, yeah. except it's a little bit shorter in the overall length. So it's, it's a little a bit hatch. more nimble. But yeah, exactly. This is a hatch. And the Stinger has yeah. usable rear seats, even though the roofline slants down. Like mm-hmm. my money, I would get the Stinger over the G seventy. Although the new G seventy
1: looks really nice, I just saw one today. I think the one that looks like the the Gentega. <laughs> I don't know, is that a G eighty or you, the the GV eighty? Yes, <laughs> Genesis. No, the the sedan version. I saw one today. Oh, the G eighty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it looks exactly the same as the, the Gentega, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think because this thing in like a decent trim is basically 60 grand. I, I don't know how many people are still buying it. Like they've updated the interior slightly. You know, we've got new infotainment. You got the, the new overall, 10 and a quarter inch screen. Yeah, but overall it's it's, I mean, that's almost M340i money. It's not 60, it's
0: 51, even for top, wait, no, 2020, 2022. Yeah, still, even with the suede package, it's only 52 grand. With the limited, it's 53.
1: So it's like an okay 330i, but like touching a 340i. Uh, a lot more in terms power than a 330i. I mean, yeah. You
0: get heated and cooled seats, which you definitely won't get. Not at that price point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Limited slip diff in the back. I mean, it's it's definitely a bargain compared to a lot of the German rivals, and that's really where they're going. But you're right. I, I don't believe a lot of people are actually, you know, still in the market for this. Um, here in Vancouver, I don't see them around that much. I've seen one or two, um, and that's about it. It's a great vehicle, but not a... In overall sense, like... I wouldn't mind picking on used after it's, you know, depreciated a bit cuz you and I both know this $50,000 Kia it's going to be $40,000 in 1 year
1: alone. You know, you're going to hit that depreciation yeah. real hard. Well, I looked long term and they they're okay, I think just because it's a low volume car. So people looking for it, they're still looking like specifically for this model. They're not shopping around quite as much but uh i get your point i mean it is you know after tax that's a lot of money for this car it is (laughs) yeah
0: at the end of the day you still have just a kia badge on the front at least a a genesis badge looks a little bit better than this yeah the genesis interior is nicer in my opinion too yeah there's something about these vents i'm not a big fan of
1: it's just too bulky here yeah, that this, this swath of plastic going across, even though it's soft touch and whatever, it's just a little bit plain. Uh, it looks like the Audi, the A3, which the A3, is not yeah. a nice, <laughs> it's, that's you know, the least attractive Audi interior, and it's mimicked here. Yeah, well, yeah, I
0: it's sad. Like, it when I drove it, it honestly was one of my favorite cars. But I just don't think it's that competitive. Although it
1: is still a bargain compared to German rivals, I just don't think it's that competitive. Of course, Um, and like look at an A7. I mean, or a S5 Sportback is going to be at least seventy. So it's a big price jump. But it's this. This is one of those cars that's like, you know, everyone wants to like it, and everyone everyone does like it, but no one really buys them, and so you know, Kia is going to rethink this, you know, next generation. Are we going to keep making this type of vehicle? Uh, you know, like the Genesis coupe, that was another one that was so so exciting when it first came out in 2010 or whatever. And where are we with, with Hyundai and Genesis rear wheel drive coupes today? You know, they're not existent.
0: Just not there anymore. Yeah. But speaking of bargain, we can move on to the TL type S or TLX, TLX. type <laughs> S after a 13 year hiatus, the 2021 TLX type S is back. They only got two photos here, but here's the headline. It's going to be about 60 to 70,000 Canadian dollars, um, 50,000 us roughly to start. You get a three liter twin turbo six, that's 355 horsepower and 354 pound feet of torque. That's made it to a 10-speed auto with super handling all-wheel drive as standard. I mean, I I had the Look at this regular, versus the stinger. <laughs> it's so that's the thing, right? This looking at this and the stinger, this is about ten thousand dollars more than the stinger.
1: Yeah. Is it worth $10,000
0: more? (laughs) It's the same power.
1: It is. It's a nicer interior. It's a a better look, like in a sense that I think this will age a little bit better. But a Um, Stinger
0: is a true rear-wheel drive, all-wheel drive system.
1: Yes. This is just kind of faked a little bit. To people that are buying these, it won't make a difference.
0: But if you're buying the performance version, I would think it may make a little bit of difference but
1: yeah i just don't think they're cross shopping it that's the thing yeah i do like how they've uh stayed true to that uh type s concept with the front bumper mm-hmm. um and yeah type s i mean it's always that was like one of the like really sought after cars i remember the 4th uh, gen or 3rd gen yeah, the one that everyone wanted was six-speed manual, oh seven, Rambo 8, brakes. Yeah, with the yeah. um, three point five. Yeah, uh, three point. Did they have some with the, the type yeah, S was, was three point five. The regular was regular 3. was three two. Yeah, I had a regular one. So, <laughs> so <laughs> equally bad on gas, but a little bit slower. So something I notice on this picture is
0: just the ride height. Um. I mean, I get concept vehicles. It looks amazing, um, and you can't have a lot of that in production. But, like, there's just a massive wheel gap here on the front
1: on yeah. this TLX.
0: And even on the back picture, it looks the same. There's a massive wheel gap here on the front as well as the rear.
1: Yeah, that's something we're not seeing quite as much of anymore, and it's weird to see it on this car. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That was something also, a lot of people commented on the uh, the new M3 and M4 that the, the wheel gap just got a lot bigger as well. and uh, just makes it look weird compared to the old one, which just wrapped around the, the wheels. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's like pedestrian safety kind of thing. Oh, so have it sunken in? It? No, but that's, so offset is one thing, but lower, it should be better for safety, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Because they have to, the hood line has to meet a minimum height now. That's why a lot of hoods you see it has a like kind of more butch type front end Mm -hmm. and have a higher center line. Um, So when you strike the knee or calf or whatever is going to strike, people will land on the hood and not Mm. the glass. I see. But I like the rear end, quad exhaust in the bottom. Those look good, and those that is real.
1: Yeah, and uh, Brembo brakes, just like the old Type S, oh, those are very sought after as well. <laughs> us Accord
0: guys would know how sought after those uh, those Brembos are. But yeah, the uh, the TLX Type S will be coming this year in May in the US, and in June for us Canadian folks. So we should see some on the road. Is it going to be as good as like a 340? I guess only time will tell, but on paper,
1: not bad. I do hope the Type S uh, name makes it over to other models like an RDX or, you know, I know it. Some people are going to be like, oh, that's watering down the brand. But realistically, how many of these are we going to see versus? uh... Well, the MDX is getting a Type S. Okay, so not just the A-spec and or, or whatever.
0: Yeah, MDX, yeah. I'm pretty sure they're getting a Type-S. Yes, they are. MDX Type-S nice. has been... It's the same engine as a TLX. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, so we should see the Type-S kind of, you know, fluctuate throughout the line a little bit. So maybe soon the RDX, when that gets a, a refresh, but we'll see. I don't think they're going to put this engine in the rdx though i don't think it'll fit yeah where does this engine come from anyways it's a brand new engine this three and a half liter or three liter twin three six, three sorry. liter yeah um it's a brand new engine for for honda it's not a honda sedan.
1: does that <laughs> <laughs> Like for an engine company like very renowned for their engines they don't make a lot of new engines like k-series it's been what t- two decades now just keep refining it and then J series, obviously. Um, so I wonder what this is called, but is this the first model that this is going in? Yes. From what I can understand, it is
0: the, the TLX is the first, MDX is the second. Oh, perfect. I'm just trying That's to exciting. look up a little bit more information here to see if I can find that Type S motor, if it actually, in fact, is a J series, because... As we know, J-Series has been long been uh, Honda and Acra's go-to V6. And they had three leaders in the past, so
1: it would make sense. But I can't find that information online right now. Yeah, because even the NSX has a J-Series in it. But with turbocharging and uh, hybridization to it. So, yeah. If it is a new engine, I'm excited because, you know, Oh, Honda. it is a J-series. Oh. J, J30AT, actually. There we go.
0: Interesting. The J-series lives on. My favorite engine. Single overhead cam. Like. <laughs> Don't worry about that part. That That's just minimal of information that no one really cares about. Uh, J30AT, yep. According to Wikipedia, of course, that could be wrong. Um, I can't find actual sources from Honda
1: themselves. Uh, yeah, they, they're not like that open with that stuff. You kind of have to uh, dig around. Yeah. Well, uh, Wikipedia is the best thing ever. Anyone in the world can write anything they want
0: on <laughs> <but> any subject. <laughs>
1: So you know you're getting the best possible information. <laughs> it,
0: it may be a little inaccurate, but
1: that's okay. We'll uh
0: we'll figure that out when time comes. Huh. Oh. Anyways. Um I think that's really it for the uh, the TLX type S here. There's not much you know to it. Um, but what I wanna dive into is the BMW i4. The i4 is the new electric series or a continuation of BMW's electric series. I mean, they had the i3, the i8, um, but the i3 kind of faded. Same thing with the i8. No one really talks about them. Um, But the i4, this is very interesting.
1: It's essentially a 4 series Grand Coupe, electrified. Fully electric. So not some plug-in or anything Mm -hmm. like that. We got a big battery in there, 80 kilowatt hours. Uh, and unlike the i3, you know, the naming scheme there, you know, the i3 had nothing to do with the 3 Series. The <laughs> i4 is clearly a uh, four door Grand Coupe, as BMW says right there. <laughs> um, I like how the grills look on this. I think it works on an electric vehicle, just looks a little bit over the top, but <laughs> there's no real need for a big grill. But I, okay, so the problem with this that
0: I have is the hood. It's extremely long. I'm thinking if that hood actually has anything in terms of like cargo capacity inside. Right. Um, because as an electric vehicle, you really don't need that much space up there. Teslas and basically any other electric vehicle, other than like the Golf and the Leaf and whatnot, you have a frunk. This yeah. is a huge area. But of course, Definitely. there's no details on it yet. So
1: we can only speculate. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously, the proportions are built to take an inline six motor. Uh, whereas if you look at a Model 3 or Model Y, it's got a very stubby front end, which is great for practicality. The A-pillar is moved forward. You got more room inside. It makes sense. Uh, mm. But because this is being based off of a 4-series uh, platform, which, you know, that has its own strengths. Don't get me wrong. You know, 3-series, 4-series. uh chassis wise it's it should be pretty good um but yeah you, really good point there something i notice about this picture is
0: um of course the battery they have to put it on the belly right that's mm-hmm. typical but if we look at the sides skirt here um they use a trickery of this black kind of cladding on the bottom to make it look like there's a relaxed. little bit slimmer yeah yeah but you can see how thick that is yeah, And I'm just thinking, like a lot of electric vehicles, the rear seat legroom, or at least a foot room, it's always minimal because of the battery itself. The Grand Coupe, being a Grand Coupe, it has a sloping roofline. So I'm just thinking, how much space would there actually be in the back seat? If it employs something like the Audi or the Porsche, where it actually has like a cutout in the battery for your foot, then it'll be fine. But I don't think... You know, in the smaller platform like this, BMW is going to take a hit on the battery
1: size just for your feet. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, interior wise, we kind of know what the current generation BMW is like. But pricing wise, we don't know exactly. But based on the numbers that we're seeing uh, in terms of performance and where the current 4 Series. It's just a normal gas version this one's not gonna be cheap no definitely won't be i mean
0: the performance like as you were talking about um it's up to 530 horsepower that's not bad that's pretty good that's like well it's not m4 territory just yet but it's
1: is it actually how much power? It's the previous M4. gen M four at least. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it is M four territory actually. G eighty M four because the old one we were at what four sixty on some of the higher trims, uh, and the current one is four seventy three. Oh, so. it's it's more
0: okay. Yeah. So zero to one hundred kilometers per hour comes in at four seconds. Um, so it, it's quick and it has a decent range as well. The 80 kilowatt hour battery helps it go about 300 miles, um, 480 or so kilometers in terms of EPA rated range. So it's decent. It's not like Tesla long range, but it's decent.
1: Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed is with, a, I guess, a lot of electric cars is they're not really top speed vehicles. And BMW has always been, you know, Autobahn and all that. And the top speed, the press release only says more than 124 miles per hour, which is not that <laughs> enthusiastic, I guess. So this is not the not the BMW to get if you're looking to just rip it on the Autobahn, Get a regular gas version.
0: Yeah, the even like a, a 340 will probably get to 155. No problem these days.
1: Yeah, I do like the shape. It's, it's pretty conventional, pretty predictable. Yeah, Um, Yeah. I think it's a good-looking vehicle overall, but we'll have to see. Um, So far, it's the best iteration of this big Nostril 3 and 4 series, I think.
0: Maybe. You don't (laughs) like the new M3 and M4? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No
1: no comment? No comment. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
0: moving away from sports sedans, let's talk about a big SUV. Um, yeah, Jeep has shared, oh, I'm on the wrong This page. is
1: huge, by the way. This, this, this is, is actually
0: literally huge news. Um, this is the brand new Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer. Um, so this is a brand new platform. It's not shared with like the Grand Cherokee or anything like that. This is like from the pictures, it doesn't seem that big, but this is Tahoe size. It's actually bigger than the Tahoe. Smaller than the Suburban, but is bigger than the Tahoe.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, we have, we just got the Grand Cherokee L not that long ago, the three row version of that new Grand Cherokee. That one looks pretty solid, but this is full size territory, brand new frame, body on frame construction. Mm -hmm. Uh, We haven't seen that from Chrysler in forever uh, or Stellantis now. (laughs) <laughs> it's a little bit confusing Yeah,
0: it's been a very long time i mean the durango is a unibody that's yeah, like and- really the only other third row that they have
1: and they're taking a huge gamble with this but i i think it's paying off like i would if i was shopping for this segment of vehicle this is this is like major consideration right here like this interior is so impressive it yeah. Brought Macintosh back. <laughs> Haven't seen that since like what? LL uh, Bean, <laughs> Subaru Outback. <laughs> the, <laughs> like, the Subaru, yeah, 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 yeah. Macintosh radio. Uh, I didn't even think they were still around, to be honest. But uh, but here, there you go. Um, really nice leather surfaces, really nice wood trim, and just everything about this interior just screams expensive. Like. How many screens do we have? (laughs) Um,
0: It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Should be seven screens, not including the rear view mirror. Mm. Um, It's a total of 75 inches of screen inside this vehicle. And that's, of course, on the top range Grand Wagoneer. On the standard one, you're not going to get as much. But like, this is not a Tahoe Denali competitor. This is a Navigator, Escalade, BMW X7, Mercedes GLS competitor. Because this interior, like the new Ram 1500, I often praise just how great that interior is. Um, I forgot which media outlet. I think it was Edmunds. I could be wrong. But they said that it is the best luxury car for 2020, the Ram 1500, because it has an amazing interior for the price. In this, it takes it to another level. Like they they have done a really, really good job here.
1: And it just has the exterior to match. Like I think even it has it has presence, it has uh luxury, it looks it's just a very handsome looking car overall. Um (laughs) you know, compared to a navigator, like navigator when that first came out, I did think it was pretty nice, but it doesn't it didn't wow me this this wows me um yeah the navigator's yeah. age horribly yeah I, and i am like we both talked about it pre-show which was this is really like a legitimate gls competitor and x7 like this this is going to take some of that traditionally weren't really looking at a american brand yeah uh, they're going to look at this i think yeah. Um there there's and, a l- lot of good stuff here. Yeah, and even though this uh Grand Wagoneer isn't trail rated, you you know, it's it's massive. You're not taking that uh up the Moab or Mojave or whatever. <laughs> um but it is still kind of off-road oriented in a sense that you've got three different different all-wheel drive systems. Uh standard, mechanical limited slip. The higher ends get a electrical limited slip. Um but you don't even get those options on the Navigator or the uh, Escalade because those are just going to be pavement princesses. And this one, you know, just to get to your cottage or wherever, sometimes you may want a little bit more of that off-road competency. Uh, and it's still a Jeep at the end of the day. You know, that's the Jeep brand. Um, they're not running this as a, you know, Chrysler Dodge model. This is a Jeep, mm-hmm. you know, So in terms of power plant, there's two.
0: Um, The Wagoneer comes standard with a 5.7 V8. It's a tried and true V8 from them, 392 horse. Uh, In the Grand Wagoneer, you get the 6.4. That's 471 horsepower. As we know with, I was going to say FCA, but Stellantis, um, you know they're going to shove that supercharged 6.2 Hellcat engine in here. You know, I mean, they have the engine. Trackhawk wagoner. Trackhawk wagoner. It's that's what's gonna come to, or an SRT version. Like I can see it. You know, they they have the engines. They have the car. It's one of those might as well kind of things. Um, the but the the engine that most people are gonna look after is the one that's gonna be up and coming. Um, there's rumors. So this is 100% rumors. That there's going to be a four by e version, so a plug-in hybrid of the rag, the uh, Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer, and I think that's going to be kind of future-proving that vehicle a little bit more. So you mm-hmm. get the actual hybrid or electrical range, um, and yeah. you get you know the functionality of a regular hybrid.
1: Yeah, and they're already bringing that a 48 volt e torque system is already on here, but that's not quite. Uh, the four by E that we've seen in the Wrangler. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I should mention as well, uh, Wagoneer and Grand
0: Wagoneer. Unlike Yukon and Yukon XL or Tahoe and Suburban, Grand Wagoneer doesn't mean it's bigger, it just means it's better. So
1: think Denali over regular. (laughs) You know what I should call out though. It's it's not only unlike the Tahoe and server, it's unlike Cherokee and Grand Cherokee. Caravan and Grand Caravan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know? So some some the of our listeners, is confusing. Some of our listeners may not understand the caravan and grand caravan segment. They killed that off a while
1: back, didn't they? The regular yeah. size Caravan? We're talking '90s, and I had. <laughs> I was driving <laughs> one two years ago. I don't know if you, if you remember. It's quite small. Like they, it was three rows, but like just like for kids, just enough for three rows. Yeah. Yeah. Before they really cared about putting child seats and everything, because <laughs> it's just like three little bench seats. Yeah. That was only I, two years ago. I drove that. I'm uh. I'm
0: very excited for this Wagoneer and grand Wagoneer. Um actually I'm very excited about Stellantis overall. A lot of their yeah. newer vehicles have been really really good. Um the new Jeep is the, the Wrangler. It's great. Um there's a lot of tech in it now even though it feels old school, it's like it drives a whole lot better than before. Um the Cherokee has been updated or sorry not Cherokee. The Grand Cherokee has grand been Cherokee. updated. And that looks really nice as well. So nice. Um, I have the Durango booked. Um, Even though the Durango hasn't been fully updated, they updated the interior bits and pieces. And that looks pretty nice as well. Like, there's a lot of good stuff coming from Stellantis. And I'm just super excited about what's next for this brand.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're they're putting a lot of money into these vehicles. And... Uh, they're super attractive. I just hope they hold up because that's kind of always been their, their Achilles heel with Stellantis. Uh, Ram is not the most reliable (laughs) truck you can get, uh, you know, any of pretty much any of their products is typically falls on the lower end of reliability. Uh, yeah. In their respective segments, so all their crossovers, Cherokee, Compass, <laughs> Grand yeah. Cherokee, yeah, yeah, they they don't haven't been doing so well there. You're you're not
0: wrong because um a little while back I was looking at a Ram 1500 because I was fully into trucks and I wanted the eco diesel because it makes sense. Um Yeah, reliability reports are not great for it. Not great at
1: all. It's like fundamental design flaws too. Yeah, (laughs) like not even in a sense that like oh you might get away with it. No, this this engine was flawed to begin with the the eco diesel, Um, but you know that's it's kind of scary because it's like when you review a car that's you get all these journalists reviewing them. You know, it gets good fuel economy. It makes decent power. It's quiet. Check check check. And then. Recommend this car, and then you learn a few years down the road that oh, okay, this uh, maybe, is, maybe an not an absolute so. lemon, yeah. And you know, that scares me. I, you know, Fiat never known for their reliability. It's just we we're making this joke as if you scroll down a little bit on Stellantis, uh, <laughs> those are uh, Alfa Romeo, <laughs> Lemon, Chrysler. <laughs> dodge fiat cheap you know these are these are not um typically very reliable cars but you know you did mention a good point earlier which was um what are they offering as far as service for the grand mm. here?
0: yes yeah. um so what they're doing here is uh let me see if i can go back to that I guess the
1: important thing to note is they're, they're looking to sell a brand new car to a luxury audience. You know, this is going to be close to six figures, if not over. It is and over. So They're not going to keep these cars for more than four or five years. And so it makes sense what they're doing with this. It's just worry-free and just kind of, you know, ease some of those concerns that you have with the Jeep brand. You Mm -hmm. may have. Um, So for standard, the Wagoneer client service program is
0: offered. Um, You get five years of worry-free dealership maintenance that includes oil change and tire rotation, 24-7 concierge support with roadside assistance. There's vehicle pickup and delivery for service and equivalent loaner is offered. So, you know, if you have a 100K Grand Wagoneer, it needs to go in for an oil change they'll give you another Grand Wagoneer for, you know, a day or whatever it's going to be. So you're not left without your vehicle. This is something that that,
1: is huge.
0: Yeah, it's it's something that Genesis was offering or is still offering here in Canada, um, but it's not something that a lot of manufacturers offer. Um, I actually reached out to local BMW. I told them like, hey, I was looking for a 7 Series. I need the car for work. If the 7 Series need to go in for service, something catastrophic what are you going to give me um and they are say oh whatever's on the fleet and i'm like what's the biggest vehicle that you have on the fleet and they said that this is a big d- dealership here in vancouver they had only a few five series and everything else is generally three series um they have a couple x threes, x1s <laughs> <laughs> yeah they have x3 x1s
1: um and then if not they have a rental car service available yeah which I, you know, I recently did have my M2 service and I got two different courtesy cars. One was the X1, which I used to haul around wheels and stuff. So it was good timing. <laughs> the other was uh, the rental, which was a Corolla base model hubcaps. Oh, perfect. So <laughs> yeah, you, you paid M2 money to get a Corolla yeah and that's only because i knew the dealership because i went to the one here in richmond and they're like you didn't buy the car from us you don't even get a loaner uh yeah (laughs) so yeah yeah um yeah this is luxury brand stuff you know we've seen lexus has always been really good i think volvo is kind of moving towards this direction genesis as you mentioned tesla has been pretty decent with that as well but there's not that many models of tesla so i but i'm curious how they will pull this off like the execution of um solantis and wagoneer you know this luxury clientele servicing because these service departments are not kind of geared to that luxury audience typically like right walking into there's there's two pretty close to me uh we have the one in the auto mall and then there's the one in uh, Minoru. And they're both not really like luxury oriented. Like you go in there and that's like a, that's, that's a car dealership. Like <laughs> the coffee yeah. is going to be disgusting. Like
0: <laughs> definitely. Yeah. That's exactly like the same problem that Genesis has, right? Um, when you have a Genesis, you need to take it in for service. It's serviced at Hyundai. It's not service at a yeah. Genesis dealer. It's just at Hyundai. But that's why they're offering like pickups, right? So that you don't have to go to Hyundai and see some guy that's picking up, you know, a brand new venue for $20,000 yeah. while you roll in with
1: your $100,000 G90. I can see the first year being rough for this because you're going to get a few recalls and a few, you know, typical, <laughs> you know, oh, we're back order on this part and stuff like that. I, and then I like they're how gonna you're going to run saying, out of loaners. I like
0: how you're saying it has to have a few recalls plural recalls <laughs> <laughs> like
1: it's gonna happen like we can put money on this uh, it's never not <laughs> they i remember jeep on the grand cherokee had a recall on a recall because the uh there was wiring in the the sun visor and that would i guess eventually wear down and it would catch on fire oh that's not good they, they did a recall on that and then Apparently that recall didn't fix it. They had to do a recall on that recall, um, and I think that that sun visor lighting thing is is shared on a few other models. But this is not, you know, recent or not not like we're not talking about the nineties or two thousands. All cars. This is really really recent stuff that uh, <laughs> they 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 haven't been at the top of their game in terms of build quality and reliability.
0: No, uh, we definitely haven't. But, you know, on the complete flip side of reliability, we can head to the next thing and talk about the Sienna.
1: Yeah, that's our new review for this week. I just watched it yesterday. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so brand new 2021 Sienna. Um, I had a chance to drive this around town with my son. Um, he He's 14 weeks old, so he can't tell me how much he loves it. But as a dad, amazing. Minivans are the best. They are such a great vehicle. There's no one you should never buy a three-row SUV. You should buy a minivan. That's what it's come down to. The hybrid system works great. It's all-wheel drive. Um, when there's limited traction, there was no problem. Um, it was raining. I mean, I is there a trail it. mode though? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't have trail <laughs> mode, so I can't go <laughs> off trails. But the Sienna looks great. There's an XSE model, and if you get it with front-wheel drive, it comes with 20-inch wheels that's blacked out. You get a very, very styled front bumper, and same thing with the back. It's a beautiful van. It truly is.
1: Yeah. I'm I, in love I, you with know, it. <laughs> I know you mentioned the price, and it's... At the top trim, it's up to about $60,000. And I think it's it's okay, honestly, for that kind of money. You get so much utility for the money. Um, it's like, what else is there, really? Well, All vans are about the same price. It's all around
0: the $60,000 mark when you mm-hmm. really top everything out. Um, mm-hmm. You don't, of course, start off at $60,000. I think it's like thirty. It's under $40,000 yeah. for the four-wheel uh, drive. And, I mean eat. if you're just looking for a family hauler it's perfect it really is like there are this is the hybrid S, the the hybrid minivan you can also get the Pacifica as a plug-in hybrid but just like we talked about you know as a family vehicle you may not want to risk those reliability issues right <laughs> you know for a fact that Toyota's making hybrids forever you see priuses on the road they have a million miles on them and they're still
1: running. You know that yeah. they're going to be good. You know you're not going to have troubles with this. Yeah, I have no hesitation at all buying a first model year Sienna, Whereas a Grand Wagoneer on the other hand. is like, okay. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll give it a few years. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let them iron out the kinks and even then it's like still wrinkly. <laughs> um, and something that I absolutely love about the Sienna is
0: because it is a box Every single box-type vehicle, so, like, larger vans, SUVs, you generally get creaks and rattles because you just don't get that support like you do on a traditional sedan. But this Sienna didn't creak. There was no, um, like, just, it felt stiff. So, as you're driving, it didn't creak. It, like, over potholes, it didn't feel like it was unsettled. And that was one of the best things about it. The driving experience, while boring, it felt secure.
1: Yeah, that's, that's not um, something to snooze at at all. And I know um, sometimes they're very echoey. I know one thing with these drivetrain is the uh, the sound is a little bit annoying, like the grindiness. Yeah, um, when you're flooring it,
0: it doesn't have the best sound. But how many times are you flooring it? You're driving exactly, around it's town, you're fine. Yeah, when you're driving around town, you're completely fine. The electric motor provides more than enough to- uh, torque just when you're setting off. Um, but, you know, when you're on highway speeds, like, you know, cruising at a hundred kilometers and you want to pass someone, it's going to take a little bit more time because under the hood, it's just a four cylinder.
1: Yeah. We're down a little bit of power compared to the previous Sienna, which yeah, I think is okay. It's, it's a fair trade-off. You're, every one of those old Siennas and Odysseys, they get, close to 20 liters per 100K realistically. Like everyone that comes into my shop, they, I think a lot of time people just sit there idling too, right? And that's where the, the EV nature of a hybrid is going to be really good is, you know, you want to keep the AC running, you want to keep the music going, the entertainment system going for your kids, um, but you need to keep the car on. Having that big battery for the hybrid system, that's going to help with that a lot. I think you're going to see major, major savings. It's not just what is on paper on that, uh, you know, what the fuel economy cycle is going to say, because in the real world, um, that's going to make a difference. I yeah. Think. So real really. world testing, I average under eight liters for hundred kilometers. That's insane for something this big. That's, and yeah. Uh, yeah, my friend recently went to the Costco here and uh, she has the older cnn 2016 and yeah she just like i mentioned they kept kept it in accessory mode for her kids to watch whatever while dad's doing the shopping um because they don't want to expose you know it's a crowded place at costco so covid um and then she came back or he came back and they needed a jump and so i went to go jump them and it's like it's because you need these things working. And yeah, I think the, the electric system is, is brilliant in this for that reason alone. Yeah. I I truly believe
0: this is the minivan to buy. Um, we talked about the Carnival a few weeks back. While, yes, that's like a luxury version of the minivan, it's still a standard V6. And the Odyssey, like we talked about, it's just boring. It hasn't really changed. Um, even the new yeah. one just looks bland but the sienna this doesn't look blind this looks amazing
1: yeah it looks premium it's curvy it's the odyssey like they've updated it but i can't really tell the difference from like a decade ago like yeah. it, it's the same shape and it just it doesn't excite me anymore And it's the same single overhead cam engine that we've seen for hey why, you, why, you, why are you dissing my the, j35 engine <laughs> because it's, of the 20 liters per 100K.
0: It's using the new world. MDX, kind of. It's, yeah. it's an NSX motor.
1: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. So this is the van to get, I think, yeah.
0: Yeah, if it was my money and I need to get a van. Um, at this point, you Do know, you? I only have one kid. I don't think I need a van. Um, but please. usually... <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> I I must say it was super convenient driving the in-laws around and whatnot. Like having a van was great. Everyone was very comfortable in there. There was no problems with getting people into the third row. Whereas if we were yeah. in a Highlander, no, no one would be comfortable getting into that third row, climbing into it. This was just yeah. easy.
1: Yeah, it's so nice. And I like the open feeling that you get um with three rows of passengers riding it just it's a little bit more uh like cozy compared yeah. to a suv it's a little bit colder uh, yeah there is a great family feel with a minivan yeah well i think that's really about it anything else you want to go over today i think we've covered everything
0: yeah yeah well thank you so much for watching we're going to end this episode a little bit earlier today just to keep the the time down But uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening, everyone. I hope you guys have a great day. And uh, we'll catch you next week.
1: Bye now.